I'm David Flint and this is Take Back Your Country. I recently wrote a few pieces suggesting that Donald Trump was probably the greatest American president since at least Ronald Reagan. And that attracted some critical mail. I got one email which was very strongly against me and it ended up with the words, you racist jerk. You racist jerk. Didn't expect that critical racial theory would arise so soon in an article in Spectator. Particularly since in my youth, the banner headline on a leading Australian magazine was Australia for the white man. And people certainly let me know what they thought my racial origins were, although I'm not whinging because a lot of it was just the sort of banter that you get about anything. A few years ago, though, after the referendum, a Republican site decided to dismiss me by referring to me regularly as that permatanned Indonesian-born blow-in. Permatanned Indonesian-born blow-in. Well, I didn't bother to correct them, at least in relation to the origin. But that was a great line to begin a speech with. I speak to you today, or I come to you today, as a permatanned Indonesian-born blow-in. And that, of course, caused some nervous laughter until I explained the origins. The point is that critical race theory that believes all of Western society is designed for the benefit of white people and to oppress people of colour is, of course, not true. After all, it was the British Empire which first campaigned against slavery, declared it unlawful in the empire, declared the trade unlawful and used the Royal Navy to break up the slave trade. It was the Americans who, in the Civil War, effectively fought to free their black citizens from slavery. Of course, it didn't work because, or didn't fully work because they then introduced the Democratic Party having fought for slavery, then introduced segregation, so much so that the present incumbent of the White House began his career in the Senate, that's Senator Biden as he then was, as a leading segregationist. Well, critical race theory is, of course, only the latest myth which comes to us from the United States colleges. And there have been a whole series of them. They all are pseudo-intellectual myths, and they all, or many of them, depend on newspeak, that is, rearranging the language so that you can't think outside of certain circles. For example, the latest theory, gender theory, is based on the use of gender rather than sex. And if you use gender, it confirms that your gender rather than your sex is a matter of choice and you can change it from time to time rather than the plain English word sex, which refers to something which in truth is something you're born with and you can't really change, although you can affect 
some changes in style, if, for example, you're a man wishing to wear women's clothes, or so on. Now, the incumbent, the president incumbent in the White House, the president, or as I like to call him, the pretender, Mr. Biden, has just signed an executive order which effectively demolishes women's sports throughout the United States and demolishes the security that women normally have in such places as lavatories and showers, because now anybody can change their sex at will, they change their gender, and any man, any strong man who wants to play in women's sports and get the awards he can't get in men's sports can certainly now do that because the pre president has decided to force that on the American state. And it's a rather sad thing. It's only part of many myths which are forced on us. An earlier myth related to abortion, the obsession of the left with killing people, with killing babies. And it was brought into America. It was encouraged in America, not as women's choice, but as effectively killing babies. Not that long ago, there was a ceremony at the White House and they played Amazing Grace, the, the military band played that, and the president and uh, the presidential family were appropriately affected, and it was to honour and remember the approximately 500,000 people who died either from or probably more likely with the Wuhan virus, the virus that came to us from Wuhan through the People's Republic of China and through their mishandling the information on this to the world so that it took effect before people realised it. And so amazing grace was played, but later when the president signed an executive order, he does that like a, an old Stuart monarch signing dispensations from the law, when he signed that to restore $9 billion, $9 billion in funding for foreign aid in relation to abortions. That's $9 billion to be spent on killing foreign babies outside of the United States. No band played Amazing Grace and no one remembered the 30 million babies, 30 million American babies, far too many of them black, disproportionately black, who've been killed since the decision in Roe v. Wade in the Supreme Court in 1973. In that decision, a group of Supreme Court judges, no doubt affected by the latest new wave beliefs, neo-Marxist beliefs, decided to invent a constitutional right to kill babies, to abort. Until then, it was thought to be a matter for each state, where there's a much greater chance of babies living. But that's what happened, and as we have seen in America, as we have seen in Australia, if there's something which obsesses left-wing politicians and too many politicians, it's killing babies. And they've taken it so far, 
in some instances, they certainly tried to do this, and that is to also extend it to a bit of infanticide. That is, where a baby escapes from the abortion is actually delivered, setting out ways and means whereby the killing of that baby, the allowing of that baby to die, is not a defence. It's not murder. It's to be made lawful. The attempt was to made to do that in New South Wales, but that was too much even for the New South Wales Parliament, when they accelerated abortions in New South Wales, as though there's any great need for abortions in New South Wales. We keep on getting these new neo-Marxist myths being brought to Australia from the United States, and they're all being forced on us because the American left adopts them. And it's all rather sad. So many of them are involved in killing people because it seems that the left believes that they should be able to kill people when they think it is appropriate. But back to me, back to my being called a racist jerk merely because I had praised the president. The president has proved to be by far the best president of the United States since at least Ronald Reagan and certainly the strongest president in relation to the right of life. And uh, he took measures to try and ensure that. He appointed judges who would respect the way in which the Constitution was written and not treat the Constitution as something which they would make mean anything they wanted it to make mean. It's a rather sad thing that so much of the American mainstream media rather than performing the role of the media, has decided to become the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. And most of the American mainstream media, and it's spreading here, seem to perform their function for the purpose of the Democratic Party and to not only get Donald Trump out of office, to make sure he doesn't come back, and words, more importantly perhaps, make sure that nobody else comes to the White House with the intention of cleaning up the swamp, because that's what they particularly don't want. So it's very important that we respect President Trump for what he did in relation to the economy, in relation to world affairs, in relation to attaining peace, in relation to making America great again, but also in relation to the preservation of life. Because if there has been a right to life president, it is indeed President Trump. One of the matters which even conservative commentators are encouraged to do is to claim that everything he says about the election is fabricated, baseless, and the, that he had no evidence whatsoever of fraud. He had mountains of evidence of fraud, and in particular, he had very strong constitutional grounds to take to the Supreme Court. In fact, Texas took a case to the Supreme Court, supported by 17 attorneys general, 
arguing that the Constitution had been breached in relation to the election. Curiously, it seems that even the judges that President Trump appointed are so weak that they would not stand up in this regard. It's not true, as one of the Australian newspapers said, that there was no case found by any court to support Donald Trump's position. Most of the cases were refused to be heard on technical grounds. They didn't hear the merits because the merits were too good. Even the Supreme Court did that, which is very sad, but it shows you the strength of the left in the United States, which brings together the old left, but also the many new billionaires who are dazzled by the wealth that the Beijing communists can offer them. So we have a difficult world and it's spreading to Australia. There's no reason why we shouldn't fight against this. And above all, I would leave you with the message. It is most important that we Australians take back our country. <laughs> <laughs>